0: Hello and welcome to the BitBlock Boom Podcast. I'm your host, Gary Leland, producer of the BitBlock Boom Bitcoin Conference. And just for reference, I also produce the 4 Minute Bitcoin Podcast, available everywhere podcasts are available. Now, every August, I host the BitBlock Boom Bitcoin Conference in Dallas, Texas, with the help of many of my friends. If you are interested in Bitcoin, you really need to visit bitblockboom.com and take a look at the great speaker lineup and all the events that are going on around BitBlockBoom. You see, BitBlockBoom is a true Bitcoin conference, and I really mean a true Bitcoin conference. On this episode, I'm featuring a session from the 2020 Bitblock Boom conference by Ben Woosley. Let's take a listen. BitBlockBoom! I'm uh, here talking
1: about inevitability and the battle for the economy. So, by way of introduction, I'm Ben Woosley. I've been attentive to Bitcoin since 2011. I've been contributing actively to Bitcoin since 2017. As of right now, I'm I, just a. Uh, as of right now, I'm the 24th most prolific contributor to Bitcoin Core by commits. Thank you. <laughs> so, what draws me to Bitcoin? The Bitcoin for me is the prospect of global, non-governmental money, honest money, money that's not debased, money that's not distorted, and an economy that doesn't follow from unsound practices. And I do believe this is inevitable. I think it's, there is no scenario in which, at some point in the future, there will not be this kind of currency in place and dominant in society. But when I look back, I see a storied history. I see a history of, for example, here we have the first National Bank of the United States. Um, From 1792, it was founded. And it was the first attempt at, basically, uh, government distortion of money. Uh, And it survived for 20 years. And then five years later, the second National Bank was created. And again, it survived for 20 years. And the person who destroyed it, who was the president at the time, Andrew Jackson, he said, uh, before he did, he said, the bank, Mr. Van Buren, is attempting to kill me, but I will kill the bank. I just lost my screen. Okay. <laughs> and the speaker notes, if I can have them? Thank you. For the notes? Anyway, I'll continue without. So uh, this, was a, this was a major conflict in society at the time. It was um, dominated the election of that year. There were people who voted for and against politicians who ran for and against uh, cartoonists who created, who advocated for and against this national bank. And when it was destroyed, it was destroyed for 80 years. Here we are now, 200 years later, having lived for 100 years under this third instantiation of the National Bank. That which, the, which Andrew Jackson had called a, uh, I'm looking for those notes. <laughs> What's that? I, I do not have them. Thank you. <laughs> Through the power of caffeine and alcohol. I present you. (laughs) There you go. Okay, great. Yeah, so he had called it a hydra of corruption, dangerous to our liberties. And we can see here, there it is. So what powers, so we have these two views, one of the inevitability and the other of this conflict, It's this ongoing battle with advances and retreats that have happened in the past. And so, what then drives the inevitability? What, dr- what justifies it? And I would say incentives. It's the structure of these systems that have been articulated and are being articulated, and the way that they motivate action to advance this cause. The way that they motivate us to analyze uh, the system and its prospects. The way that they motivate us to improve the system so this is a visualization of the core software and to explain it so here are a bunch of different explanations for bitcoin and its purpose as they have changed over time and finally to build companies that provide services that facilitate the um, the onboarding of people and add value to the system overall so here through this we see that this inevitability acts through us, that we are agents of, the, of this inevitability, that it is achieved through us and that we must be active in pursuing it. Uh, and to quote, if it, this reminds me of a quote from JFK in his inauguration, he said, God's work must truly be our own. And that, for example, we had uh, the articulation of the, the Lightning Network in 2015. So now, looking at the the current day, where we are, and into the near future, we have... we're basically arriving at the moment where the Lightning Network is ready for broad-scale adoption in its features and in its capabilities. And that's following five years of development. We have better institutions which are emerging and have replaced, or are competing with uh, other institutions that, that are maybe more faulty. And here I'm thinking of uh, Swan and River Financial competing against the likes of Coinbase, or BTC Pay server competing against BitPay. We've, we're better articulating the importance of dollar-cost averaging, and more systems are doing dollar-cost averaging by default. So uh, many of the on-ramps now like, make that the easiest option and third we have the investment giants are beginning to warm up to bitcoin and that that conversion is occurring now and it's manifest so given that what do so we have this battle and we have these future these competitive frontiers and this path to travel to from where we are to this inevitable outcome of this overarching global non-governmental currency. And so I ask, like, what is next? Like, what is the thing that we need to do now to prepare for the future five years from now? And for me, the answer to that is payments. So I know uh, many people are dedicated to um, Bitcoin as a savings technology and that it is, dedicated towards uh, holding, and that is good. But ultimately, for Bitcoin to be a complete economy, it will need to be a circular one. And it's much, it will ultimately, for normal people to use Bitcoin, uh, they will want to also spend it. And so, and we've been working towards payments for some time. Uh, So, for example, So in this case, the the red band is cheap payments network, and that was prominent early on and declined. And yet now with the Lightning Network, I think it can become again the dominant uh, narrative because it can be realized through the Lightning Network. But enabling payments on a, converting an economy to a different method of payment is a collective action problem. So, initially you're the upstart and there's a small number of people, so it's not financially, sufficient financial motivation to get someone to convert, the uh, the average lay business owner, to convert from one to the other or to adopt this new method of payment. And so we have to look into, like, how can we facilitate and hack this um, collective action problem? And there are some good examples of what has been done to date. So BitRefill, for example, enables individuals to pay companies, so it doesn't require the company to adopt the currency. It just enables the person who wants to pay, it facilitates the payment from the person who wants to pay to these other companies, which do not yet accept this currency. So that's a one-sided operation. Likewise, and more recently, okay, so BTC Pay server enables a given merchant to accept from more generally and if they're already so motivated and more recently strike enables a, a merchant to demand Bitcoin from even people who do not have it so they can accept Bitcoin only and then have the person use strike and use their credit card or some other you know fiat money Object to make Bitcoin to to demand Bitcoin as the me- the method of payment in any in given situation. So here you can see a couple of different approaches to hacking this um, this two-sided marketplace problem. So I'm presenting a fourth option or a fourth element in this, and this calls back to the idea of the mutual benefit society. So. Mutual benefit societies were very active in the past in terms of basically aggregating market power by banding people together to enable them to take um, actions that would not otherwise be available to them individually. So for example, a group of individuals could uh, insure against losses together, they could hire a doctor and have them on salary. And in the case of payments, you can have a, um, what I would call an aggregation of market power Which increases or or focuses the uh, market incentive for merchant adoption in any given case. So that is kind of the um, that is one aspect of the purpose of my company, which I'm presenting, which is Communion. So Communion is a cell phone service, and its ostensible purpose is it provides you a better cell phone service with a, a Bitcoin wallet attached. But what it, the sort of under the sort of hidden purpose is, I want us to create mutual benefit societies, which enable us to to accelerate the conversion of uh, merchants and services to uh, accepting Bitcoin. So this is one mechanism for doing that, and. So, my, my point in articulating all this is I don't want to say that I, I don't want inevitability to be an, an excuse not to be earnest and eager interaction. You know, we, this is, I think, so, for example, the Andrew Jackson situation was described as the, the bank war. And this, in a sense, is a war in the sort of the sense of the culture war and we should be earnest in our pursuit of it so i'll end with a uh, quote from this character this is andrew jackson and he wrote this in his um veto of the of the bank renewal it is to be regretted that the rich and powerful too often bend the acts of government to their selfish purposes distinctions in society will always exist under every just government Equality of talents, of education, or of wealth cannot be produced by human institutions. In the full enjoyment of the gifts of heaven and the fruits of superior industry, economy, and virtue, every man is equally entitled to protection by law. But when the the laws undertake to add to these natural and just advantages, artificial distinctions, to grant titles, gratuities, and exclusive privileges, to make the rich richer, and the potent more powerful. Is it possible to scroll down here? (laughs) I'm not sure how to. Thank you. (laughs) No worries. To make the rich richer and the potent more powerful, the members of society who have neither the time nor the means of securing like favors to themselves have a right to complain of the injustice of their money. There are no necessary evils in money. Its evils exist only in its abuses. If money would confine itself to equal protection and, as heaven does, it, does its rain, shower its favors alike on the, heav- the high and the low, the rich and the poor, it would be an unqualified blessing. That's what I have. Thank you. I'm happy to take any questions or?
2: Yeah, I'll just talk to you. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so you talked a lot about the inevitability of Bitcoin. Um, I'm, I'm just curious, like this, this might be a weird one, but uh, where do you think we'll be in year 3000?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, this question will be very much decided by then. I can't look for that. I, I, uh, I will look 10 years in the future and no farther. Where do you think we'll be in year 2030? In 2030, I, th- I, I expect the transition to have occurred by then. When you say transition, what do you mean? Like, like people using Bitcoin? Well, in terms of the fiat crisis. Like people using Bitcoin? That's right. <laughs> I mean, if we make it ready for them, if we, if we are ready to accept the, the users that will be seeking us, and as they are now, like it's, a, it's a process of adoption where people are constantly providing new services and new capacity for, for participation. And provided we continue to do that, So I think, I think you come at this from like a really logical
2: perspective of like Bitcoin's inevitable. But I think the one thing we a lot of times throw aside is like, oh, it's inevitable, like it'll eventually happen. And I think one of the important things is thinking about how quickly it'll happen. And um, I don't know, sometimes I'm not so bullish. So I just think like it took 50 years to erase the history of, of gold backed currency. Like do you really think it'll be less like like five years for Bitcoin? Like I don't understand why we have this perspective of it's gonna happen really quick. I I would like to hear that's
1: I'd like to hear your like your bullish perspective. Yeah, so I guess um the way I would respond to that is that um I don't think it's necessary for us to expect every person to be to embrace Bitcoin for it for it to achieve its goals, right? I would just like, I think I will be satisfied when I can live the entirety of my life just living on Bitcoin and not relying on, on the other currency. Uh, and that'll, that can happen much sooner and some people live that way currently, but. But what's your realistic expectation? Like, I would
2: fucking love that. Like, that sounds dope, dude. But like, but when, when bro, when? <laughs>
1: I think we're all wondering, sorry, out. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I look forward to that. I won't say when.
0: Uh, hey, man, I was wondering if you could just give uh, a couple more specifics on the communion.network. Network. Like, I uh, uh, I actually got like a couple of SIM cards, and they've just been kind of sitting, waiting for me to do something with them. I kind of thought I was going to do something with Bit Refill, um, but you know, it's just been on the sideline. Uh, so.
1: I'm very interested in what you have to sell. That's great. So the way communion operates is, it's a traditional mobile virtual network operator. So it's a cell service where you sign up and we send you a SIM card and you pay monthly for your service. In addition to that, we maintain a hosted lightning wallet for you, which we populate in a uh, KYC-less fashion. Granted, which mind you does not, um, mind there are other aspects of identity involved in cell service. Um, And we protect against um, sim swap attacks and other such hazards of cell service that are currently not very well served because the cell services that exist are indifferent to the kind of problems that we have, basically. Uh, So
2: last time I played with Lightning, uh, it was still, I was using LND, and I was still at the stage where uh, even backing up the proper channel state was difficult. You know, I had to write a script to do that live and, uh, you know, keep it, I think I was using uh, rsync to keep it up to date. But even then I messed up and I tried to import the backup and got penalized for it. Absolutely. Uh, So you know, coming, you know, for people who want to run nodes at home who are uh, anti-custodial solutions for one reason or another uh where do you see the future of lightning as far as becoming user friendly enough to make it to the uh full node environment in someone's home where they're not prone to user error not
1: prone to fund loss things like that for lightning, yeah, for, for lightning. i'm bullish about I, my expectation is for the medium term for most people and perhaps the vast majority of people to rely on hosted lightning so- solutions and the reason for that is Removes a lot of the concerns that you would otherwise need to handle like managing backups and things like that This is consistent with the status quo in the exchange realm where many people leave their coins on the exchange You know, however bad that may be it is the easiest solution for them And so it's the one that people gravitate to so I think that's how lightning will work for most people and the it's the um, the the Enthusiasts who will run their own lightning the businesses that will run their own Lightning, and so on. And, but that is, I think, a very positive thing still. And they can also, and we can all continue to refine Lightning wallets and Lightning services to make, to remove the dif- as many of the difficulties as are, as are possible um, to increase the self-sovereign Lightning adoption. But I think it, with Lightning, it's important to note that because it's intended for smaller dollar amounts or smaller values, uh, it's less critical that the wallet value be be personally stored, be self-sovereign. Because the risks associated with that, the third-party risks are lower. Anything else? All right, thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to the BitBlockBoom podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review and share the podcast with your friends. Make sure and take a look at this year's lineup of speakers at BitBlockBoom.com. And if you use the code COUSINS, at C-O-U-S-I-N-S, when purchasing your conference tickets, you'll receive 30% off the price of a general admission ticket. I hope to meet you at next year's BitBlockBoom conference in Dallas, Texas,